0: Okay. We're starting off the new year on a bad foot already, because we're going to talk about 2019, most of which hasn't happened yet. I've known my co-host for 24 years, and I can tell you he does not like making predictions. Nonetheless, we're going to try it. This is a look-ahead show, what's going to happen in the industry this year. I'm going to make a prediction of my own, Seth, and say this is going to be your least favorite show of the year.
1: Oh, no. I I like being recorded, making predictions that you can later go back and you know, play the recording and see how wrong I was. Love that.
0: You see, this is why you're not in mainstream media. You got to let go of this whole pursuit of the truth thing. Forget the truth. Just give us what we want. Simple, easy answers. I'm Jason Cottrell, a founding partner of Airline Weekly. And joining me is the Nostradamus of the airline industry, Seth Kaplan, another founding partner of Airline Weekly. We're going to go all around the world and try to answer the key questions facing the industry in two thousand nineteen. And we're going to do it without leaving the Airline Weekly Lounge. Thanks for joining us. We've got a lot of ground to cover, so here we go, starting in the U.S. There's a lot of talk about a potential U.S. recession, which would, of course, be following one of the longest expansions in U.S. history. And during that bull run, we've seen Delta, American, and United, and even JetBlue chase premium customers. If the economy falters... Are those airlines more exposed than, say, Southwest or Spirit?
1: Uh, you know, I mean, Southwest has, has a lot of corporate traffic. No, these aren't people who are flying business class around the world. You, you know, a, a, any kind of recession that impacted corporate travel spend would matter to Southwest. Uh, you know, JetBlue, on the other hand, yeah, they have, uh, of course, their their mint cabin, uh, important for transcon traffic. They, on the other hand, are an airline that. Relies a lot on uh, what you call VFR traffic, visiting friends and relatives. Uh, and I, actually, uh, the head commercial guy, Marty St. George, in, in an interview, um, we wrote up on another podcast, actually, uh, uh, in last week's issue, had mentioned that in his view, that's the least sensitive traffic to a recession. That, uh, you know, in other words, leisure travel, just pure vacations, yeah, that'll suffer. Corporate travel obviously suffers. But um, the thing that suffers the least is, you know, people going to visit grandma. They're still going to make that trip, even if if they don't make others. Arguably, they'd, they'd be some, somewhat less affected uh, obviously, the more dependent an airline is on premium and, and corporate, uh, obviously, those aren't mutually exclusive, uh, highly related. So, you know, premium, business class, fancy, and, you know, coming from corporate travel spend, yeah, it's going to tend to matter uh, uh, the most during a recession. And an airline like Delta, which has, you know, built its fortunes, not only on that, I mean, it's, it's, done a lot of other things right but sure you know it it, it's going to be uh very exposed to that as as will its peers uh united in america and you know still a long way off obviously no 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 indication yet that we're uh that we're uh, necessarily in or close to a, uh, a recession, but uh, it'll happen at some point sooner or later. And as you said, we've been in our, uh, uh, on a really long, good run here economically in the US. Uh, and so, yeah, th- those would be the airlines to uh, to, to look at, particularly um, the, the, uh, uh, the big global legacy airlines.
0: Next up is Canada. The biggest question here, I think, has to do with WestJet. Here's an airline that's taken some bold steps, which haven't yet worked out. Seth, are you optimistic that WestJet will turn things around in 2019?
1: I think it's a little early to, to call a bottom here. Uh, yeah, we've, we've talked about it in the past. The more they do, the less money they seem to make. And, uh, you know, not really a surprise. I and mean, that's probably one prediction you could go back and listen to, to making in some other show, just sort of, yeah, not a prediction, just sort of an observation, at least that, you know, that what they were doing was moving further and farther away from, you know, proven business model. And uh, look, they don't break things out, but I have a feeling that if you could break it out, uh, and and look at how they're doing in all the different businesses they're in, that core low cost flying in dense markets that they got, you know, where they got their start all those years ago, I'm almost sure would be, you know what's driving there the you know the profits that they still have you know how is encore doing you know the the uh, turboprop flying uh, now they have some contracted out turboprop prop flying the ultra low cost flying just getting going swoop uh, and of course, the long haul flying—you uh, know—initially kind of got their feet wet with 767s, but then Dreamliners, you know, big investment that they're pushing farther in. They've taken some modest steps to sort of, in, in some small ways, um, curb their ambitions. You know, I think the, the the announcement of their first Dreamliner markets, mostly, you know, from from Calgary, where we were headquartered to key European markets, were you know, just just kind of densest European markets from their home, uh, in some cases, you know, not completely taking on air Canada and others in a way that they would, you know, if they were trying to fly from, oh, I don't know, Vancouver to Asia or, you know, for that matter, the Toronto, Montreal to Europe more. So, you know, you could kind of see them doing that, uh, trying to, trying to be a little less ambitious, a little more conservative, but uh, it might take more of that for them to uh, to turn themselves around uh, unless they're fortunate and everything just sort of grows into itself and, and, and all of this works. In Mexico,
0: the airlines there have been cutting each other's throats. Will they reduce capacity? And do you see Mexico bouncing back in 2019?
1: Taking the first part, uh, luckily, that's one where I don't have to make a prediction because there's, there's data already. You <laughs> can look at the schedules and I'm I, just pulling it up here in, in uh, Dio. Uh, um, so for the current quarter that we're in, this first quarter of 2019, yeah, I mean, the, the, the vote is in and, and they, they have reduced capacity. A year ago, if you were looking at the first quarter of 2018 compared to the first quarter of 2017, uh, the, the the big four Mexican airlines, so we're talking Aeromexico, uh, the the full service and uh, struggling uh, low-cost carrier Interjet, and then uh, uh, Viva Aerobus and, and uh, Volaris uh, collectively were growing available seat miles, ASM capacity, 13.3%. Uh, this quarter, that's down to 5.4% uh, compared to uh, a year ago. And it's, uh, you know, Aeromexico has really slammed on the brakes across the industry. you Just just looking here at what they're doing, pretty much, you know, they're, they're, they've all reduced their their rates of growth. Uh, that said, uh, you know, this is still an industry that's growing. Remember what I said? I said only 5.4%. Uh, that's still a fair amount of growth. Uh, driven by the way by you know 21% growth at Viva still. Uh, sure, that's down from 35% a year earlier, but still a fair amount of growth for uh, you know, a market that's, you know, that that hasn't yet uh, turned the corner. Still, that said, uh, you know, you would hope that that reduced growth at least would indeed help them uh, to be able to uh, call a bottom and and turn things around. And and, and as you said, uh, what's been a difficult market.
0: Oh, by the way, if these questions sound familiar, I should mention I pulled most of them from our year-end issue of Airline Weekly. The questions are from there, but Seth's answers are all his own. In Europe, will IAG take another stab at Norwegian?
1: Likely so. Uh, You know, I think they're going to be rational and you know they're not going to completely back off unless they're doing so strategically. To well, either, either, unless you know they think things have d- deteriorated to a point that they don't want it, which I don't think is going to happen. I think at some point they would always want Norwegian, you know, if nothing else, it's slot portfolio at Gatwick and, and other assets. Yeah, I, I think it's just for from my AG's perspective, always going to uh, be a question of at what price. Uh, you know, obviously somebody else could theoretically enter the picture but i think it's just always going to be more interesting to iag than it will be to uh to anybody else and so um uh you know norwegian if they're going to be able to sell um, salvage things i I would think that would be to uh iag um you know no strong sign that things are uh, improving yet at at, uh, norwegian there's some press reports of Oh, around the, the, the uh, end of the year that things were, you know, bad, re- really bad, uh, that, that perhaps they were, uh, you know, down to their final days, that that did not turn out to be the case. But we're talking about an airline that continues to struggle with, with uh, no obvious way out.
0: Will alitalia find a partner,
1: yeah, speaking of struggling airlines um but this is you know another one that's strategically interesting in, in alitalia's case to uh to all kinds of airlines yeah I think so you know i I, I think they'll at some point um they're out of options you know the the you know, the government if it wanted to wouldn't be allowed to just keep uh, subsidizing them forever um, and so yeah, I think in some form this airline probably mm-hmm. Uh, Goes through another restructuring and ends up, you know, partnered with uh, with somebody, and uh, and and we'll see who that would be. You know, all all kinds of interested parties. And this one, it's one, it's less obvious. Like I said, Norwegian, it just seems like it's just worth worth so much more IAG than anybody else. In the case of Alitalia, you you could construct a case for why um, lots of airlines would want to be partnered for it, not for its current financial results, but uh, you know, just just a, a very important market. That right now is is um, you know it's kind of up for grabs in Turkey. Istanbul has a
0: new airport, and Turkish Airlines is coming off a resurgent year. Will the upward trajectory for Turkish continue?
1: I think so. Uh, yeah, let's first see that new airport. Uh, you know, actually fully open. Uh, obviously, not not the first airport in the world that hasn't you know really opened on time, and, and not the most egregious uh, example at this point. If you think of all you know. Berlin being almost a decade late and all that sort of thing. But anyway, let's just watch that happen. But, um, but in the meantime, you know, they, they're at the old airport and they, they, uh, you know, they seem to be fine. Right. It's um an airline that, you know, that had been doing well for years, obviously went through a shock that no airline would, would, uh, uh, would survive unscathed, but no, they, they seem to be back on their feet uh, with all the advantages they always had. You know, the, 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 uh, the, the geography, you know, able to reach all of Europe with narrow bodies, uh, serving more destinations than any other airline in the world, uh, lowish labor costs, you know, r- rather low labor costs um, compared to uh, its European competitors You know, competing against uh, the European airlines for a lot of the same traffic flows with much lower labor costs. And, and and all the rest of it, you know, and, and the dominant p- player in a lot of key markets, you know, is Central Asia and so forth. Just again, that that geography to connect people, they, they have been turning the corner. And you know, if if the political and security situation remains okay, which is you know always questionable, obviously, as as we speak here, there are the questions about Syria and and uh, you know Turkey's uh, involvement, the Kurds and so forth. So, you know, th- always those threats, uh, ever present in this industry. But, uh, uh, but all things being equal, yeah, you'd, you'd expect them to uh, um, continue doing well. Uh, you know, particularly if, if uh, fuel prices remain moderate. Look, the Turkish lira is is being pounded right now. Uh, they, they just have such broad currency exposure in terms of where their revenue comes from that, to some degree, uh, a cheap lira just means even lower labor costs. And, and yet, they still get a lot of their revenue in in uh, in strong currencies like euros and dollars.
0: Will we see a merger between? Emirates and Etihad.
1: I don't think we see that in, in 2019. You know, I, I, I think it, it would take Etihad really being on its last legs um for for uh for that to happen. I mean, this is this is a political question, you know, not not, a, not an economic or a uh, strategic one. Um you know, they 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 probably should merge. We've talked about that before on here. Emirates, you know, rather clearly would 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 be interested um, in, in in some way. Uh, so it really just comes down to whether the Emirate of Abu Dhabi uh, wants to keep, you know, funding the losses at Etihad uh, at, at had. And, uh, uh, you know, will we ever see it? Uh, you know, I, I think at some point um, it, it would take probably a deterioration of the fiscal situation in Abu Dhabi uh, or, or just some other, you know, bigger political change. Uh, yeah, I, I think someday you could still imagine it happening, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure it happens this year. In India, will
0: Jet Airways survive 2019?
1: Yeah, flip a coin, right? Um, no, this is an airline that's uh, that's that's in awful shape. You know, to some degree, Jet's situation it is. Determined by what goes on around it, right? I mean, look, had had Air India, you know, somehow liquidated, I mean, that would never happen. But, um, you know, well, that would have been great for Jet Airways, right? It would, would have been the only uh, intercontinental uh, Indian carrier for for, for the moment, um, long-haul intercontinental Indian carrier. Uh, of course, that didn't happen. Uh, it won't happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of macro factors at play here, currency uh, you know, of course, um, uh, just the global economy, the Indian economy, um, and and competitive uh, forces. But this is an airline without much of a uh, a cushion at this point. It depends also, um, you know, partly on on uh, uh, how much power its founder Naresh is is willing to give up because various turnaround plans have you know, depended to some degree on him stepping out of the way. And so, uh, you know, the, the, there too, they might be able to do more, you know, if, if their backs are against the wall, even more than they are now. And if he, he does in fact have to, uh, realize that he either steps aside or, or, or the airline perhaps has to liquidate.
0: Will Indigo or
1: Spicejet go long haul? Uh, I hope not for their sake right. <laughs> it's uh you know we'll see uh it, it's it's uh again it's one of it those low cost carriers going long haul. Um we 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 know the record but they don't seem to stop doing it do they? Um and you know both of those to 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 varying degrees have have expressed an, an interest in uh doing so. Uh you, you can understand why. I mean they're in this 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 Hyper competitive domestic market, so everybody's kind of looking around and and uh, you know trying to see what else might be less competitive, um, where there might be opportunities. But, uh, I, I mean, it would probably you know will they actually be flying long haul in twenty nineteen? Probably not, right? Because it would take some. I mean, even if you made an announcement soon, you would have to uh, go get the aircraft and and um, you know and 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 ramp it up. So I, I think as you know, you don't have to get too far into twenty nineteen before the answer to that sort of just. Apparent, you know, becomes apparent that it's no, it won't be this year. But you know, will will uh, will they ever do it? Um, you know, it's pretty. I'm gonna the it sounds like a hedge. It's because it is. I'm gonna say it's hard to rule that out.
0: Will India's government try again to privatize Air India?
1: I, you know, uh, I mean, nothing's really changed. Um, they were willing to privatize it under certain terms that were just completely unacceptable to anybody else who was going to get involved. Um, so. I think another one of the situations, like I've said a few times in different contexts in the show, where it just sort of depends on how, on how desperate uh, they get. It, it it still seems like we are a long way away. You know, this is the flag carrier, a country of, you know, what, 1.3 billion people and, and, and all that. I mean, it, it well-documented the, the, you know, sort of the problems with Air India as it exists. I mean, well go ask indigo and spice jet and jet airways Everybody else we're talking about uh you know go air you know, the smaller lcc uh what it is to compete against um that airline that you know that that heavily subsidized airline you know they, they should um but they, they seemed fairly far away from being willing to let somebody come in and make the reforms that um that would that would have to be made and and so forth. So um, I'm not sure they try again this soon, even though I'm sure they'll have another go at it uh, sooner or later.
0: Moving to Russia, will Aeroflot continue its aggressive growth? And will Moscow move toward becoming a global hub?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, this is one where you can you know you can look at the schedules and and um they they do continue growing and Moscow uh yeah I mean it, it's 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 getting there there are people uh you know fair numbers of people who who um uh who never never set foot in Moscow um you know, outside the airport but who uh, who use it to connect there who connect that uh that Snowden terminal um terminal at, uh Moscow Sheremetevo. You know, I've done it. I mean, it's just a geographically a, a good, a good place to go. Kind of like what I said about, um, uh, Turkish. That there are some traffic flows where there's not that much, uh, competition. In fact, I remember when I was, uh, um, you know, uh, flying at one point from from Istanbul to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. Uh, actually, those were the basically the two options. It was it was uh, Turkish, uh, in its case with a stop. Um, there because you know, it was a narrow body. I think it was stopping. Bishkek, or or somewhere, uh, or connect in uh, Moscow on on uh, on Aeroflot. Those were the uh, the two viable options. It's it's uh, still an immature hub as as compared to Istanbul, uh, but Aeroflot is you know notwithstanding everything else uh, that that, that's been going on in that market. um, The airline itself, uh, you can look at it and see that it's that you know that. It's managed in a in a professional way that would be recognizable, you know, th- around the world in terms of the way the airlines run. Um, you know, it's, it's it's you know more and more a serious uh, player. Uh, not it's not an accident. I mean, that's, that's what they want to do. Um, they want to compete for that traffic, and they understand that they have to um, uh, run things in a way that'll uh, make that possible. And so, yeah, I mean, that's that's the trajectory um, of that hub continuing. Uh, to, become a, a, a to become a a bigger player in that airline, continued to become a bigger player in in uh, global commercial aviation. How will Beijing's
0: new airport affect China's competitive landscape?
1: Well, uh, so there's going to be a lot more capacity. You know, right now you've got. I mean, Beijing is nearly tied for 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 Atlanta as the busiest airport in the world. But Beijing Capital Airport, the existing airport. So now you have that split uh, between two airports, um, basically. It'll first of all mean more competition for Air China. Air China is in this privileged position there, uh, you know, not unlike uh, British Airways' position, let's say at, at London Heathrow, and kind of like when Heathrow gets its third runway, you know, it's going to mean more opportunities for, uh, you know, for, for BA, but also more competition. That's what's happening in in, in Beijing. Uh, you know, Air China itself will be able to add more service uh, in a way that it can't do right now, but so will everybody else. And, and, um, you know, basically the way it's going to work is, is, uh, uh, it will stay there. China will stay there. The, the other major Chinese airlines, China, Southern Chinese, Eastern, sort will of move to the, to the new airport and be able to, to, you know, uh, vastly increase their connectivity, you know, their, their established true hubs there and then china is letting other airlines choose what they want to do and you know I mean, you're going to see them basically choose based on uh, alliance considerations uh, in, in in many cases anybody who's looking for uh for connecting traffic you know star alliance airlines will want to stay at the old airport uh you know, you know um as well others you know let's say uh oh, you know cathay pacific you know partner of, of uh um uh air china even their different alliances would still be interested in the old airport and uh you know you'll see a lot of sky team and one world activity move to the uh to to the new airport so yeah it's going to be very interesting to watch all of that shake out now in the context of course i should say of this slowing chinese economy right so you know for 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 years now there's been just far more demand than there's been uh supply of of uh you know, airport facilities and slots at Beijing. Now you're going to get all this capacity uh, at exactly the time that the economy in China uh, seems to be slowing down.
0: Will Cathay Pacific turn things around in 2019?
1: Another one of these questions that kind of depends more on, uh, you know, if, if you could tell me the answer to some other questions, I could tell you the answer uh, to, the, to that one. And really, the key question is um, Cathay's competitor, Hong Kong Airlines and you know, Hong Kong Express. You know, you know, another unit of, of the HNA group. Uh, so, this is the HNA group that, um, you know, widely pub- publicized issues for the, uh, for the group, financial issues for the group. So, if, if now the slowdown in China and just, you know, political questions and all the rest of it, if, if that were to, you know, really put HNA in a corner, you know, even more so than has already been the case. You know, if Hong Kong Airlines doesn't survive, and there have been you know indications that 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 things are tenuous there, well, that would uh, be very helpful for for uh, Cathay Pacific. I was, I was just looking at at um sort of capacity in in uh, in, in the the Do, Mi schedules, and yeah, so Hong Kong Airlines and Hong Kong Express are about a third the size of Cathay plus Dragon Air. Uh, you know, Cathay including Cathay Dragon. Um, so about a third, the size, obviously Cathay is still far bigger, but that's, that's a sizable competitor. Yeah. Hong Kong airlines and HK express are about 15% of all capacity at Hong Kong, uh, international. Uh, so, so that's a sizable airline and, and a real nettlesome competitor for Cathay. Uh, so if, if they were to go away or, or sort of vastly scale down, uh, their operations that would be very helpful for Cathay. Um, you know, Cathay is an airline that, you know, for better or worse, uh, probably some of both, has been very conservative in, in its in its turnaround plans. Uh, notable for what it hasn't done. You know, you think of everybody else uh, who's sort of seen their profits erode. Singapore Airlines certainly comes to mind because you know, just kind of a natural comparison, but many others around the world. And uh, you know, it's gone out and done all kinds of things like low cost long haul flying and and. Uh, You know, a short haul flying with uh, with Scoot, Cathay hasn't hasn't done any of that, which in some cases might be okay. Talked before, we've talked a million times about uh, you know uh, the fact that sometimes doing nothing is better than doing something if if the doing something is is not a good thing. But in Cathay's case, you know, doing nothing, so to speak, and it's not that they've done nothing, but you know, modest steps haven't turned around the airline either. So I think, yeah, macro questions are, are largely going to determine uh, Cathay's fortunes in 2019.
0: In Japan, will JAL gain ground in Hawaii with its new
1: Hawaiian Airlines JV? Well, that'll be helpful. That's for sure. I mean, that is that is a big strategic deal. Uh, on the pond, meanwhile, it's going to Hawaii with with A380s. Uh, so, so uh, you know, all kinds of things happening uh, in that market from, uh, you know, Coming from the Japanese side uh, to to Japan uh, or or to Hawaii rather that's Hawaii a key market for for those airlines um you know much more so for Japan Airlines and now yeah I mean there's you know they've got the JV you know kind of the only one to be had there <laughs> and so obviously Hawaiian Airlines is 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 the big player there no more Aloha the uh, you know for the past decade and so that's uh, so yeah all in the pot will do its best um certainly piling a lot of capacity in there. Jal has a uh, a a very nice position now in in that market alongside its partner
0: in Korea. Of course, we've got the Korean Air Delta partnership. Could Ajiana find its own partner,
1: Uh, North American partner? Well, you know, uh, of course, it it is a Star Alliance partner of United of Air Canada, but but it's not nearly as as deep of a partnership as as what Korean Air has with Delta or. What the Japanese airlines have with uh, with their respective partners, uh, American and United, uh, and and I think that's kind of where where uh, where the answer begins. I mean, the, the, those U.S. airlines all at this point have what they want in, in terms of a, a Northeast Asian JV, and so you know the music stopped, and and ASEAN is kind of left without without a chair uh in in that regard. Um so you you could never, you know, al- al- although you know you can't say that it would never somehow become a part of something. Uh I mean the most logical thing would be doing something with with uh with United and, and uh on the pond it's you know it's Star Alliance partners, but probably nothing that would ever be as transformative as those other JVs have been just because it doesn't have the leverage because those airlines don't don't need that. You know, so uh you know Delta with you know when it found itself locked out of Japan basically in terms of you know from, from a JV perspective uh, it had it tried very hard um, to to get Japan Airlines at the beginning part of this decade to defect to sky team and and, and to form a JV with Delta didn't work it was one of the for, you know, for everything that's everything that's gone right for Delta, uh, over the years, that was one thing that, that didn't, you know, big victory for American keeping, uh, American in one or keeping Japan airlines rather in one world I think, and, and, uh, and, and securing the JV there. So anyway, so, so Delta really needed somebody, um, and Korean air was the obvious choice, but Korean air long resisted anyway. Yeah. You know, the point is Delta, um, had to really convince Korean air to, uh, uh, to, to, to go forward with this. There's nobody who, who's in that position of, of having to beg Asiana to you know please become a JV partner and, and thus you know whether or not they ever do something hard to imagine it being as helpful for them as as the Delta JV surely is um, for 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 Korean Air
0: in Indonesia will Lion Air cancel any aircraft orders?
1: We'll see. You know, they made noise about uh, canceling Boeing orders, uh, the big dispute uh, you know related to uh that that crash late last year um uh, you know was what happened in the cockpit of, of that uh 737 max 8 something you know we where, where the airframe manufacturer boeing hadn't done enough to uh to to advise airlines and their pilots uh or was this clearly the airline's fault for not more thoroughly uh addressing something that had been uh going on with that uh, very aircraft for for uh, for a few days. Regardless of all that, the airline has threatened to cancel um, Boeing orders. Uh, of course, there's the big question of whether it should be scaling back its ambitions anyway for reasons totally unrelated to the crash, but just because it's been um, growing like wild. It's, it's one of the most opaque notable airlines in the world. Hard to think of any other airline with, you know, uh, you know, a rather large and with just, you know, hundreds of of aircraft on order where you just don't know anything about, you know, essentially anything anyway about its uh, finances. So um, that, you know, if you see it, go out and do that, you know, is it really because of the dispute with Boeing or is it just that that was a convenient excuse to, you know, scale back its growth anyway um, that, will be um, impossible to say, but something you, you, you could you can imagine um, that airline uh,
0: at some point
1: yeah, dialing down its ambitions.
0: In Australia, will Qantas get any closer to being able to fly nonstop between Sydney and London?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they can't do it yet. Um, uh, they're just the, the aircraft doesn't exist but um the airframe manufacturers of it uh, the you know, engine manufacturers everybody's been you know, i mean they, they know that that's the big prize is is uh london sydney by far the most important market in the world that you can't fly nonstop, uh, and they all know that, that there's a lot of interest um from Qantas, especially of course but look you know, british airways would love to do it too right and, uh, and surely, you know, airlines would like to fly between Paris and Sydney and, and you know, markets like that uh, that are impossible to. Um, so they've indicated, you know, we're a few years away from it. But uh, yeah, let's see uh, that you could imagine this being the year where, uh, you know, it doesn't happen, but we hear about some kind of a modified dreamliner, you know, with, with reduced capacity and bigger fuel tanks and all the rest of it that it would take um, uh, or A350 or, you know, whatever it is that would. Uh, that would make it possible um at at uh, at some point let's uh let's see that that would uh definitely that's that's a big frontier uh, and and someday it's it's uh it's going to be crossed let's see if we uh at least find out when it might happen this year staying in that
0: region will air new zealand be better off without virgin australia as a partner
1: i'll guess yes because you know Air new zealand's been right more often than it's been wrong recently and you know that that's uh It was rather clearly their choice to do this. Um, You know, I'm I'm sure there was some short-term pain uh, in terms of just, you know, having to rethink the way it does everything across the Tasman. But yeah, you know, I I think things will be just fine for Air New Zealand. Uh, You know, clearly it's it's virgin australia that that has to scramble and and uh you know just yet another thing that hasn't worked out for for us uh for virgin australia
0: is 2019 the year virgin australia finds its footing
1: look i mean the the key for optimism is that it was one of the few airlines in the world where at least what we have so far of its 2018 results things got better so in its case, it's it's the um the first half of 2018. It reports just a half at a time. So for calendar January through June 2018, uh, you know, you look at its mar- operating margin of basically half a percent positive, half a percent. That's under or you know, underwhelming, clearly uh, in absolute terms. But that was an improvement of nearly a point. Uh, you know, from, from a from a loss for the same period, an operating loss of nearly half a percent. In terms of its operating margin a year earlier, so you know. Let's see here when it reports the second half of the year. If you sort of get, you'd want to see some confirmation of that. You know, you'd still rather be a lot of other airlines around the world, even if their margins slipped, but from a very high point uh, rather than one that uh, that grew from uh, you know from a low base. But growth is is good, and so uh, let's see here as it goes through its management transformation that it's going through now. You know, who ends up running the airline and and if it can indeed finally turn things around might, might take some painful choices you know how are those you know how are the f- routes to the u.s going that's a by the way a question that also impacts delta it's joint venture partner in those markets but uh you know it, it's the kind of thing where if there are certain things that it's doing that are you know sexy in the case of you know flights to u.s but are uh but aren't doing well you know will new management decide to move away from those things, I, I don't know. Of course, if if if, if, uh, if that's the worst of it, but um, but it, you know, it it could take that making some painful choices to uh, sort of returning to its roots as a um as a you know a shorter haul uh, low cost airline, which which uh, you know which which for for a number of years in the you know last decade in the two thousands um was was uh, uh, was reasonably successful. Let's switch gears and
0: head to Morocco. Royal Air Morocco is going to be joining One World in 2020. I see them adding Dreamlighter routes, what kind of 2019 do you expect from this airline?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting airline. One that uh, you know, it's it's, uh, but there probably a lot of people that didn't give a lot of thought to. And then all of a sudden, you know, if you're uh, if you're living in Washington a couple of years ago, and then you know, they show up, or if you're living in Miami now, and then here comes Royal Air Moroc, Yeah, you, you even if you're just sort of a casual observer of, of the industry or, or not in the industry at all, you know, it, it, uh, you say, okay, what's 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 that? So they uh, clearly are aware of their interesting position, uh, there and you know, sort of the, you know, Western end of, uh, of the Sahara, you know, the uh, 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 interesting gateway to, uh, you know, to Europe and elsewhere, depending on, you know, you know from, from points in the Americas. And so, yeah, you, you, you could imagine them, uh, making, making more, uh, of, of those kinds of announcements, uh, as they, as they get those streamliners. So, uh, yeah, Royal Air Moroc, definitely an airline to, uh, uh, continue watching here.
0: One to watch in
1: sub-Saharan
0: Africa. How far will Ethiopian Airlines take its African airline development strategy?
1: Well, uh, you know, no, no sign of it letting up. And and um, you know, they are are one. Um, I think I said uh, what did I say Air New Zealand, they said you know, been right more than it's been wrong. Uh, Ethiopian Airlines and another one of those um, those airlines just. By some measures, now the biggest airline in in uh, uh, sub Saharan Africa. Um, uh, so this was, you know, up until not too long ago, South African was by far the biggest airline. But Ethiopian has um, has has grown um, so rapidly, and and by all accounts and appearances, successfully. That yeah, they depending on what measure you, you, you look at, um, they can be considered the biggest and yeah, they've gone into other markets, including tough markets and, and, uh, gotten involved in, in, um, local airline projects and, you know, joint ventures and so forth. Uh, you know, as long as they're able and they've been politically astute about how to do that, you know, it's not an easy thing to pull off. You know, I, I think they'll, uh, they'll probably keep doing that any, anywhere that makes sense. Can they steal any sixth freedom traffic from the Gulf carriers? Yeah, there's some markets, you know, where where they are well positioned. It uh, you know, looking at the Great Circle Map, is playing around. So one would be, you know, let's say Mumbai to Johannesburg. You know, would be an example of a, of a market with a you know, fair amount of traffic. That's one where you know it's 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 slightly shorter to go through Addis Ababa uh, than it is to go through Dubai. You know, by a couple hundred miles and so uh so yeah markets like those and, and and then there are others you know where where it's where it's just far shorter to to uh to connect there you know the markets the, the, you know there are places I mean Arabian Gulf carriers do well uh, with a lot of African markets where people you have to kind of go pretty far out of their way to connect just because there aren't always convenient options but between you know parts of of uh of Africa and Europe so uh you know, harare to to london and so forth yeah just in some cases they're they're uh they're in the best position and and the more robust their network becomes uh you know as their connectivity gets better uh sure uh yeah still far smaller obviously than than the arabian gulf carriers but um but in some key markets at least they uh they are becoming an, an interesting competitor
0: all right, last question of the show. Will South African Airlines stop the bleeding?
1: Yeah, that too uh, you know, l- l- largely a political question. We'll we'll see. Um, you know, they, they have um a, a a serious management team in place there. Uh now, that's important. You know, airline people who within constraints, I mean they, they, they clearly don't just have the freedom to uh, to do absolutely whatever they need to do, but I, I, I think within the constraints uh, that they have, there uh, they seem to be doing what they can. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would be cautiously optimistic that at least you know maybe maybe the worst uh, is behind them. I mean, the problem there is just so much accumulated you know, losses and debt, and everything it would take a long time to climb out of that. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, depending on Macro questions, as always, you know, e- e- economy, currency, all the rest of it, oil prices. Um, I, 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 I could imagine them, you know, finally at least moving in the right direction.
0: And just like that, we made it through 2019. I'm sure, Seth, that you feel another year older. <laughs> as always, if you like the show, share it with your colleagues. They can subscribe to the Airline Weekly Lounge through iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever they get their podcasts. They can also subscribe at airlineweekly.com. For Seth Kaplan, I'm Jason Cottrell. Happy New Year and thanks for spending some time with us.